Podcast with Aaron Howe. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. Man, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. College football toward the end of the show. OU, can they avoid looking ahead? Everybody knows what's coming up next week down in the Cotton Bowl. Iowa State has been a little bit of a pain in their neck, especially defensively, over the last few years. Sooners got to watch it. Uh, the the slate's a little lighter this week. There's not those six ranked matchups like we had last week, but there are still some pretty good games around the country. And also, Jared, it feels to me like there are more teams in the hunt this year than there ever has been in the playoff era. So my question to is... To make the playoffs. So win the whole thing. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not all the way. I don't, I don't think there's a great team out there. Do you feel like there's a team that's just head and shoulders better than everybody else? Uh, no one's going crazy about Doesn't Georgia like right yeah. now. Yeah, I, I see where you're going. So how many how many teams do you think can realistically win the title? Which in the past, it's felt like one or two, even at this point in the season. It was always two teams that were on a collision course for each other, it, it felt kind like. kind of felt like, you know, Bama yeah. Clemson there for a while, uh, Georgia and whoever they play the last couple of years. So we can discuss that. You know what starts tomorrow? Well, there's a lot. There's uh, football. There's high school football. Yeah, but that's already started. Well, I mean, like district for it. For it's one already team. started. Yeah, uh, I don't the know. The Ryder Cup. That's right. That, the Ryder Cup I'm, starts I tomorrow. I thought that this morning. It's like we haven't even talked about it. We're going to talk about it, the Ryder Cup a bunch today. Um, Victor Hovland. See what happened today. He aced a hole. He made a, a par four. A par four. Yeah, he made an ace on a par four number five. How far is that? Three hundred and five yards. You know what that's called? What, 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 for me, it'd be a miracle. What's it called? Two names Double Eagle or the cooler one, Albatross. Albatross. I go, I would go with Albatross. Albatross. I mean, we'll talk Ryder Cup. We'll talk um, Friday just, night. It's not just called an ace. Well, I mean, you can call it an ace, but on a par four, it's cooler than just an ace. Okay. Albatross. Got to get with it, Jared. Uh, <laughs> football games coming up Friday tomato, night. Tomato, green jacket, gold jacket. Who give it? Go ahead. Oh, well, you want the green one. <laughs> you want the green one. Four uh, A games. Other, there's some big games around the around four uh, A one games, I guess. And then there's some big ones around four A. Couple that I'll highlight. Um, of course, Class A, Class B. Acuna, Ronald Acuna went forty seventy last night. Damian Lillard got traded to the Heat. Oh no, he didn't. He went somewhere else. Cool story in fast-pitch softball, Alva and Silo. Then, of course, all those regionals get started today. Some of them started yesterday. We've got some results. Just a, It's a packed show. If you want to hear the entirety of the next hour, too bad. We'll probably go over. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there right now. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. It's 225-9698. Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area one of these days, you want to stay in touch with the show, you can do it a couple of ways. Log on to kadsam.com or the better option, 
would be to download the Paragon Communications app. It's free to download. It's got everything we do. We're talking about radio stations, the Penny News. You can check out the, the brand new Penny News online, thepennynews.com. Also, go pick up a free copy of that Penny News. It's there everywhere where you're at your favorite local newsstand. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Big Elk TV on today, right? Uh, yeah, eleven a less than two hours. Eleven a for the uh, fast pitch softball. Of course, football tomorrow night as well. Um, Paragon TV Merritt takes a long trip up to Texoma, and then Hollis and Snyder down in Hollis. So those games will be on there tomorrow on ParagonTV.com. And of course, the Skinny on Sports podcast. If you miss our show entirely, you can find it everywhere. New podcast drop. How are you today, Jared? I'm well. You doing good? I'm doing just fine. Starting to get excited about the game tomorrow night. Okay, I thought for the Ryder Cup. No, for right, oh, there's no doubt. There's a lot to get excited Listen, about. Single Aaron would have attempted to wake up at like 1.30 in the morning. I think it's actually 12.30 our time. And check out the first shots of the Ryder Cup. Married Aaron would probably get beat up for something like that. Over 40 Aaron <laughs> yeah. likes his sleep. Well... I'm just afraid that the other person that sleeps <laughs> in that bed would be uh, infuriated. Well, I mean, don't you have a – can you sneak out and go to the living room I or mean, something? I mean, I can, but I just don't – that doesn't – Have you work. hooked up a TV in that beautiful backyard of yours yet? Not yet. Well, no, we've been slacking on that, man. It seems like we just had stuff going on. Well, it's hard to be home anymore. You're always out somewhere it feels doing like something. It. feels like it, but we haven't done it yet. But it starts tomorrow. Yeah, that's exciting. The game's going to be exciting. Uh, let's start with the, the Lillard trade. How – how surprised just it felt like that talk had kind of died down and i'd almost resigned myself to the fact that damian lillard was going to start the season with the blazers yeah me too and then all of a sudden bam he gets traded and then to milwaukee yeah i did the double take i looked down because i saw the m and the i i go oh okay went to miami just like wait milwaukee milwaukee yeah. where did they why, come when from? did miami get to be like 12 letters long oh, yeah what <laughs> milwaukee yeah, a little surprised. A little surprised. I think it has to do with every all this trade. Milwaukee pulling the trigger right here has to do with one thing and one thing only. Uh, keeping Giannis. What happy. Giannis said a couple of weeks ago, he came out and said, you know, talked about not wanting to sign the extension yet because he wasn't sure how committed Milwaukee was to winning a title, and he wanted to be somewhere that was committed to winning a title. And this is Milwaukee's way of doing that. On the floor, I'm anxious to see what happens because it feels like they lose quite a bit with Drew Holiday defensively. The question is, can Dame make that up with the offensive firepower that he possesses? I think it, I think it's the only the second time in league history that two guys who averaged over 30 the year before will now join forces on the same team, Elgin Baylor and Jerry West. Back in the what sixties for the Lakers, or the other duo that kind of got you know they they were on separate teams and now they're together after averaging thirty the year before. I'm fascinated by this because if it works, you know the Sixers feel like a mess, not knowing what to do with Harden. Miami, can they replicate what they did last year? I mean, they've been to the finals two out of four, Eastern Conference Finals three of four. With a team that doesn't seem like it should be that good, maybe I underrate Jimmy Butler just a little bit, you know. But when you look around the the, the Eastern Conference, 
it seems like, speaking of collision courses, Milwaukee and Boston are on one to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. I I wonder about Lillard's uh, – how old is he? 33. I don't know, where is he at in his career? Well, it may maybe I mean, this he, he seems like he's been in the league for a long 11, time. Eleven, 11 years. That's a long time. Eleven years. So I, I everyone like blockbuster trade. He's a big name. I get all that. But does this, you know, let's face it. He wasn't last couple seasons. He averaged thirty two last year. Yeah, but he was. I mean, but Portland was just not good. Maybe maybe this does elevate him. To closer to a championship because he's on a more capable team. Oh, it definitely does that. Yeah. And, and with that age. My question, though, is the age. It's the age thing. Yeah, but, okay, here's the thing. He's not being asked to carry a team anymore. And can he concede to that? Well, if he's maybe that's what he's thinking. You know what? For 11 years, I've tried to carry a franchise on my back. And I've done a pretty dadgum good job doing it. Hadn't got to the very highest level, but Portland's been kind of in the mix for the most part in his 11 years. Maybe he sees an opportunity to go, you know what? I'm still pretty good. I'm still really good. But Giannis will take so much pressure off of my game that uh, I don't need to carry it. I, 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 yeah. I don't need to be Batman. I can be Robin. But the egos, man. Egos but they both, in the league sometimes. Both of them have said over the past year and a half or so at different times, when asked the question, who would you pick to play with of all the players in the league? Who would you pick first? And both of them have said the other. Really? So this is something I think they've wanted to do. You know, Giannis picked him first as the captain in the All-Star game. Over every – I mean, he he's actually proven he'll do it. Yeah. So I, I think the, the chemistry, at least off the floor, is there – to start out, it's already with. there. Yeah. Now, whether or not it works on the floor, that remains to be seen, because it, it it feels like, you know, Giannis, does he need the ball in his hands all the time? I don't know. If he'll go down in the post, no. If he wants to play around on the outside and shoot threes, which is not the strength of his game, then maybe he does need the ball. But I, I think this. I actually think this works. I know they were talking about it after us. You know, the trade was made. And Jim and Barry for sure didn't think that this was – thought Milwaukee is actually worse because of Drew Holiday and his ability to play defense. He's also 33, though. Doesn't it seem like Drew Holiday's younger than Damian Lillard? <laughs> I was kind of surprised that they're both 33. Yeah, it took him a little bit to get going. How uh, On the other side of it, Portland, does it even really matter? I don't think Drew Holiday plays a game in Portland. I think he gets moved. Miami could be a spot – and it actually could be blessing in disguise for Miami because that team with Drew Holiday defensively becomes an absolute nightmare to play against with Butler, with Bam. Those guys can really guard. And then Aiton goes to Portland. Uh, Portland, whatever. They get picks. Probably uh, this has to be a better deal for them than what, anything they could have got from Miami, though, right? Oh, they t- had to take the best deal they can get. And, I, yeah, and I applaud them for not bowing down to Miami, right? Mm-hmm. I, they could have said, you know, because both parties were, you know, uh, Lillard wanted Miami, made that clear, and Miami wanted Lillard, but the front office at Portland said, uh, well, you're not giving us anything. We want more. We want – we know what he's worth. 
We had them for so long. Right. And we know, and they didn't bow down to it. They they weren't bullied by Riley and, and company over in Miami. I bow down to that. So score one for the small market, right? I mean, Portland, I guess, is kind of a small market. Milwaukee definitely is, and they come out on top with this for and, now. And then there's Phoenix. And then there's Phoenix. Phoenix unloads Aiton, which I think – I think no one really was wanting him around there. Durant and Booker weren't. No. So it's it's almost addition by subtraction just to get him out of there. But then also – you know, Nurkic, who knows? He's been hurt so much that I don't know how much of an impact he makes. But, you know, Grayson Allen is a guy that nobody likes, but he can actually, you know, he can shoot. Nasir Little, I thought, was a good player at times for Portland. He's one of those guys that would just kind of seem like jump off the page once a week. Like, huh, that Nasir Little just had 35. I'll be darned. Sometimes he's against the Thunder. That's how you really notice. Uh, so that, you know, it, it, and it, it kind of replenishes Phoenix's bench from what they had to give away with the Durant trade. So I think that really kind of works out in their favor in a lot of ways uh, for Phoenix. And then, obviously, Portland's trying to rebuild, and Dame and, and Giannis and Chris Middleton are one of the best trios in the league. So it, in a lot of ways, to me, this is what a trade's supposed to do. It's kind of supposed to help everybody out. You're not supposed to just knock somebody's head off every time. Now, who would do that? I mean, who would agree to something that makes a team worse unless they're wanting the tank or something? Right. Yeah, they want it to work. Everybody wants to, So, yeah, it was a triple win, I guess, for everybody. Yeah, especially the two teams for that the are in the hunt with yeah, Phoenix, yeah. And Phoenix and Milwaukee. I think it worked for both of them. Uh, Acuna goes 40-70 last night. Do you, I'm a little bit older than you. Do you remember the Conseco? 40-40 chase back in the late 80s? Probably uh, not too young. Very vaguely. I, mean, that was, I just remember the, the Bash Brothers. That was such an cool amazing event. Like Nobody had ever done it at the time. Go 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases, especially to do that big. I mean, there's I was seven or eight, so I probably didn't – steroids didn't cross my mind, but they probably should have. A guy 6'5", shouldn't run like that. <laughs> but anyhow uh, – but. I mean, I know the rules are different with the the pitch clock and the you can only throw over it, all that. You know, I heard Jim talking about it yesterday. That Ricky Ricky Anderson would steal two hundred bases if he knew they couldn't throw over at a certain point. But still, forty home runs, seventy stolen bases—that's an amazing year for Ronald Acuna. MVP. Him and Betts. It's a it's a. There's compelling argument for both of them in the National League. Your Rangers got to win. Do you see what happened in Houston and Seattle? Have you ever seen that? What's up with that pitcher? Well, here's the deal. Was there history behind there? I, I think so. I think Julio went deep on him like two years ago and went all the way around the bases, like celebrating at each base kind of. Oh, wow. And he didn't forget. He remembered that. He remembered. But I, I don't think I've ever seen a pitcher strike a batter out and then just absolutely sprint toward him. I, th- I thought he was just going to go tackle him. Yeah, I thought, here we go. Like, there's a strikeout. I saw the highlight, yeah. I thought he was going to give him a strikeout and a butt whipping all in the same 10 seconds. Yeah. Cooler heads prevailed. <laughs> Insane. That Insane. Was, was pretty wild. Baseball, your Rangers got to win. Magic number down to two. Two, so. But, okay, I'm almost positive that I read that there aren't any 
like playoff games to get into the playoff. They they've came up with all these tiebreakers. Okay. And if that is true, which I'm almost positive it is, you're guaranteed a wild card. Yeah, I was as soon as I stayed up waiting for scores to go final, and as soon as that went final and Houston went final because Houston needed to win, I was like, okay, update the standings, put that little asterisk that said they or make the playoffs, and they it still hasn't happened. I know so, they haven't. I wonder if there is still a scenario where, if they were to lose, say it's, the next four against Seattle, and then um, Houston wins out, I don't know. I think it's a. I think the reason why you haven't clinched is the availability of a three-way tie, and whatever the tiebreakers are in the three-way, somehow doesn't work in your favor. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I I think that's why. But if it comes, if it's just a two way tie between Texas and Seattle, I'm positive Texas wins because they're eight and one going into this four gamer right now against them. Anyhow, gotcha. baseball. Uh, that, but I think maybe if if Houston, they'd have to what win two out of three to end up at 73 losses against Arizona in this three game series coming up starting tomorrow. Texas gets swept, then all of a sudden everybody's at 73 losses, 89 and 73 to finish. That may be why it's not on there because I was I the just same keep way. it simple, Texas. Just win the next two out of four. Just win one. Houston loses one, and it's over. And that's the West. That's the West. Magic number down to two. Glad to have you along here on a beautiful Thursday. You know, I did see maybe some cooler temps by the end of next week. Hines down toward the 70s. The end of next week. The end of next week, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cool. Could we have some fall, y'all? Maybe. Saturday, that Saturday night, we're having Katie's birthday party. It's our first Saturday. We don't have anything going on. So, maybe we're having an outdoor movie. So, it might be hoodie. I think it was like 79 for the high. It might be hoodie weather by the time the sun goes down. I did notice leaves starting to change this morning. Did you really? When I was getting in my truck. I'll be honest with you, that makes me a little sad. <laughs> it made me think, ah, crap, i got to rake up some leaves. If I don't, they just blow right into my uh, back porch and just stay there. Yeah, it's starting to turn. That time of year. Been to Walmart lately, got the pumpkins out everywhere. Uh, got all the Halloween Don't get candy. me started on pumpkin spice. Oh, there's pumpkin spice everywhere. Pumpkin Enough spice with the pumpkin spice. There's a uh, pumpkin spice... Um, Frosties at Wendy's. Right I saw now. that. Yeah, that's what I knew. <laughs> that's when I knew pumpkin wins, Aaron loses. What's wrong with pecan spice? <laughs> I go in this rant every single year at this time. Uh, pecan is so much better than pumpkin. It's not even close. You know why pumpkin's not the not really good? If it was good, people would eat pumpkin year round. Correct. They only eat pumpkin during the fall. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't eat pumpkin pie at Easter. No, but you might have a pecan pie at Easter. Yeah. Yeah, pecan pie at 4th of July. Yeah. That's clearly the winner. You you can eat pecan <laughs> pie year-round. Pumpkin pie is just a novelty pie. Yeah, because it's not very good. It's like, oh, it's pumpkin <clears throat> season. Yeah, and, and if pumpkins didn't have anything to do with Halloween, you'd never eat it. That's right. Pumpkin. Best part about pumpkin is blowing <clears throat> them up. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see... <laughs> After they got, I would love to see the pumpkin mom blow that giant pumpkin up. Oh my goodness! It might take, reach to here. That take a lot of that would that would might get the FBI in your backyard. Yeah. If you 
pack that thing full of tannerite. Tannerite, had to blow it up. <laughs> the FBI might be questioning why you're purchasing so much tannerite. <laughs> no, really. I, I kid you not. There was a 1,300-pound pumpkin. <laughs> There's some of it. There's yeah. some of it. There's some of it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how a BS story starts, I think. No, so we had this 1,300-pound pumpkin, right? <laughs> Turns out she really did. Uh, okay, high school sports this week is jam-packed. We've already had some of the fast-pitch regional uh, and super regionals, I guess, start. I don't think any super regionals in our area. But uh, one did down at Silo. So Alva traveled to Silo in 3A regional, uh, super regional action. Yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Why Why Wednesday? I don't know. A bunch Wednesday. of people played Wednesday. Huh. Okay. Yeah, this was not a novelty. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Alva for football, having to get back, and they want to get back, like Coach Murray said yesterday. That's why Oak City moved the times up well, I get to that. get people back. But uh, – so Alva and Silo split 1-1, and we'll play game three today. Alva's bus broke down, and so the Silo coach made arrangements, got him back to the motel, and then his son just happens to be a mechanic and fixed their bus Very good. overnight or in the evening time. That's great. That's a cool story. That's what it should be. Very, very cool. Okay, starting today, right here. Would just, you would you fix, if you could, would you fix a, an opponent's bus? I'd probably wait to see if we won game three today. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Kidding. Yes. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Fix, fix the bus. Even if it was Weatherford's? Yes. <laughs> Glad there's not a camera. That's good for you. Glad Aaron. there's not a camera in here. <laughs> yes, fix everybody's bus. Of course you bus. would. That's just the nice thing. Because here's the thing. If you mess around and don't, You'll probably karma will there bite you karma. in the tail. Karma will get you, and you will need your bus fixed at some yep. point. And they will say, "Nope, sorry about that." Remember back in 2023? Exactly. Karma. And, karma is a thing. Yep. You don't want any part of that. All right. So today, go on out at the Fiveplex, the Oak City Oakettes hosting a 4A regional, 11 o'clock start against Paul's Valley. The Valley, so, as they call it. The Valley. The locals call it. I will always have a soft spot uh, spot in my heart for Paul's Valley because that's where Coach Dean Hill coached golf, and he lent me his golf shoes ah. my junior year in high school when I forgot mine at the state tournament. So Paul's Valley always has a little soft spot in my heart. 11 o'clock that game, then Bishop McGinnis and Bridge Creek will play at 1. Losers will play at 3, winners at 5. You can watch the Elk City games. Big Elk TV, but get out there. I almost didn't even want to say you could watch it on Big Elk TV because you need to have a crowd. Take a lunch early. You got to just go tell the boss, hey, boss, I'm going to take my lunch at 11 and not noon. Head on out there. They got a concession stand. Get your hamburger. I think they usually do the the onion burgers if you ask them. And watch it and root them on. Oh, Scott on the text line. Ouch. Oh, I don't even open Fix the, text the line. bus to where it breaks down on their way home. <laughs> wow, Scott Garrison. <laughs> that wasn't Scott Garrison. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, sorry, Scott Garrison. That yeah. wasn't you. Oh, by the way, programming note tomorrow, Voice of the Red Tornadoes, Dennis Smith, will be on 930 oh, great. right after Scotty G. Great. Exit stage left. It's always nice to hear from uh, Dennis. Absolutely. Okay, so you got Elk City at Paul's Valley, 11 o'clock, Bridge Creek McGinnis at 1. Losers at three, winners at five, right here in town. That's a 4A fast pitch regional. A couple of them started yesterday. Over in Weatherford, Lady Eagles beat Medill 11-1. to 
McLeod clipped Marlowe 12 to 11. Then Marlowe came back and beat Medill, knocked them out 12 to 6. Weatherford beat McLeod 8 nothing. So today, Marlowe McLeod play winner gets Weatherford has to beat them twice. Otherwise, the Lady Eagles will be moving on to the Super Regionals. Over in Newcastle, Sulphur beat Clinton 6 to 1. Newcastle beat Sulphur 13 to 3. So now today, Sulphur Clinton play for the right to try to beat Newcastle twice. Uh, let's see on the back of the page. Carnegie was one of those weird spots where the host didn't get to host or the top seed didn't yeah. get to host with Tushka. They met everybody met in Carnegie. Tushka beat Carnegie 17 and nothing. Navajo edged Shattuck 5 to 2. Then Navajo doubled up Tushka 6 to 3. Shattuck pounded Carnegie 13-1. So today Tushka and Shattuck play. Winner gets Navajo has to beat him twice. So those are the those are the the regionals that have actually started today at noon at Mountain View. You got Mountain View Godibo and Mod. The other two are Hammond and Fort Cobb Broxton. That'll be at two o'clock. So Mountain View Mod at at uh, noon, Hammond Fort Cobb at two. Up at Leedy, Lady Bison are the top seed. They get Beaver at noon. Chattanooga and Grandfield will play at two, and then the other weird one where the top seed isn't actually hosting, at Dover. Arnett and Dover play at noon. Moss and Lakeba Sickles at 2 o'clock. That's Class B. Let's see. Class A, Moreland. <clears throat> excuse me. Moreland's and Ripley. They play Drummond at 2. Ripley and Woodland at noon. Rappo Butler gets things started today. They get Laverne at noon. Wacoma Ceiling at 2. Sentinels and Sterling. They play Sterling at noon. Hollis and Bingaroni will go at 2 o'clock. And then Cheyenne and Hydro meet up at Surreal. That's a 2 o'clock game. Surreal and Apache get things started at noon. I think that's everything in the in the fast pitch world. Good job, by the way. That's a lot to juggle. Well, thank you, Jared. Good job. Now we got baseball to talk about. We do. I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> So in baseball, I think this is always weird that baseball starts later than softball when it takes so much longer to play. I, I have no explanation for it. Maybe they're, I don't know. Anyhow. Don't want to play at the same time. You're right. Though. Of, it's, of course. It's a longer game. But the thing is, they're, they don't finish the bracket out because two teams in baseball get to go to state. Right. So maybe that's why. Okay, so starting today at Oktahaw. Octaha, Octaha, isn't it Oak? Oak Octaha, I thought Oak-ta-ha. so. Canute played them at one point, mm-hmm. I think, in a state tournament. I think so. We've seen them at the basketball state tournament as well. Uh, Octaha and Hydro, 2 o'clock. Okarchi. You know who the head coach at Okarchi is? No. A guy that terrorized you Me? in baseball. Terrorized when the I- Red Tornadoes from right here in Elk City, Oklahoma. Uh, Streeter? No. Who? Player. The one you're terrified of. Um... Yost? Matt Yost. Really? Matt Yost is the coach at, uh, at Okarchi. Oh, cool. So, Oktaha and Hydro at two, Okarchi and Tushka at four. That's an Oktaha. He didn't terrorize us. You know why? You walked him? Because we walked him Did every you, time. Have, have you seen that video? That of Greg? last game we played him, <laughs> we lost like two to one because we never let him hit. We like just put him on. We didn't care what the situation was. Have you have you seen the video about Greg Maddox? No. Uh, have you seen him? He's talking. He's just sitting around talking. Somebody asking, what about how, was, was Barry Ponds the – the hardest guy that you ever had to pitch to 
And he said, absolutely not. Because if the bat, bat meant anything, you just walked him. <laughs> it was easy to pitch to him. Yeah. If it meant anything, you just walked just, him. Just put him on. Yeah. All right. Canutes at Worcester, 2 o'clock. Did you figure out where Worcester is? It's yeah. clear over there, northeast oh, yeah. Oklahoma. Is that LaFleur County? It's near. Oh, you think it's south? North. North. South. North. LaFleur southeast. Is south and east. I think it's in that area of Tallahena. Uh, yeah, it is. I was thinking see, of something else. I looked it up on a map, and when I was zooming in, I started seeing a lot of familiar names we see, like in state baseball and in the big house in basketball, all those small schools. That whole area yeah. right there. How, Hevener, Poto, uh, south of Poto. Uh, what's the other one that was on? Red Oak. Red Oak's down there. Yeah, it's in that area. I'd imagine a really pretty area, too, with all the trees. Worcester right Lake. It's right there by Worcester Lake. Yeah. LaFleur. Yeah, LaFleur's right yeah. there. About four and a half hour drive. Here at Tallahena. They're probably on their way. I hope so. <laughs> I was wondering. I was talking to the AD last night I, for booster reasons. And asked, I was like, well, they might be leaving tonight. <laughs> you get up there. You know what I mean? But I think they're on their way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the part of the country you got to <laughs> yeah. kind of. Uh, Jeremy, off keep, the top rope. Keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. Don't, among other if you, things. If you hear the faint sound of banjos, <laughs> lock the bus. <laughs> Don't go down any shady roads. Man, when I was in college. It's a different country down there, man. When I was in college working uh, actually in Canute at uh, Beck and Root. Yeah. I would go on the trips to supply like the different. Oh, you took some trips, did you? Well, you know. Yeah? And that was the one I didn't want to go to, southeast Oklahoma. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, anyway. I had to a few times, but I didn't want to. Yeah, I remember driving down there uh, for vacation summer of 2020. We went down there to to Hochitown. Oh, that'd be awesome. And just drive. It's, again, a different country. It's my first time to be down in that deep part of the southeast part of the state. And it is different country. I played many a golf tournament at Ida Bell Country Club. Ida Bell, yeah. I played. The, uh, I played God, what was that called? I can't get Nescatunga out of my head. That's in. That's at Alba. What did they call that festival? Ah, it was like Memorial Day weekend. Me and Bondo played a couple of times. Yeah. Me and Hostetler played once. Oh, I'll think of it. I played Beaver's Bend that summer. Yeah, I never played there. And. I had to play, had to hit into and play through more deer than golfers. That's always cool. The deer were just everywhere. And they didn't care. It's like, hey, you're on my land. <laughs> they didn't care. They just look at you when you're hitting. Anyways, we're getting off topic. But, that's okay. But, yeah. Back to Class A baseball. I think that's everybody in this area. Class B, Fort Cobb. <laughs> the text line is gold today. <laughs> you, I guess I don't know. We should say that one. It was not the my mother is my sister tournament. That's not. Wow, it. that's from the text line. Not two two five nine six nine eight. I'm feeling a little Ron Burgundy ish. I might just read anything you send. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Two two five nine six nine eight. All right, uh, Class B Fort Cobb plays Smithville. Granite is there as well against Mulhall, Orlando, Fort Cobb at two, Granite at four. Hammond is at Calumet, 
The Chieftains play Big Pasture, Asher and Hammond at four. Leedy's down at Stewart. The Bison do play Stewart at two, Roth and Caney at four o'clock. So that is your rundown of all the various regional tournaments in fast pitch and fall baseball. What do you want to talk about now? You ready for Ryder Cup? I'll do my best. You want a break? I'll do my best with the Ryder Cup. Here, I want to. I want you to answer this question. Let's go down to the bottom. College football. How many teams do you think wow. can win the title? Oh uh, wow! You don't have to name them. No, Just I don't. I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe. I'm going through my head. Man, there's a ton of contenders in Pac-12. If we're going this route, uh, man, around around seven or eight. If things go their way, I had fourteen. You put fourteen. I did. Three in the big, tw- three in the Big Ten. Okay, Ohio I, State, Michigan, Penn State. I, I mean, I, I don't think that's a stretch whatsoever. No, I had four in the Pac-12. Okay, that, I'll do it for you. Okay. USC, Oregon, Washington, Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't think that's out of the realm no. of possibility. I had two in the Big Twelve. OU, Texas. I mean, I guess you could say Kansas at this point, but that's hard to fathom. Well, uh, let's just see what happens this weekend. ACC, I put two. That should probably be one. It's just Florida State. Unless Duke beats North Carolina, unless Duke beats Notre Dame this week, then that changes. And if and I and I actually, I kind of included Notre Dame as an ACC just because yeah. of their their thing. Even with the loss right now, 100 percent. Yeah. The way they lost that game, they lost. Oh, who yeah. they lost to? How they lost? And who to they them. play still? They can still beat Duke. They can still beat USC. They've they've got yeah. They got plenty a, of chances. They got a, a trip. And then I had uh, three in the SEC. Georgia, I feel like there's a curveball here. Georgia, I think Bama still has an opportunity. LSU. Yeah, for sure. And who knows? I mean, Tennessee Tennessee could go on a roll. They've just lost once. Right now, all those work. Now, that'll that'll start to work itself out as the season goes on. Because you just said a lot of those teams have to play each other. Like Notre Dame has to play USC in – and of course, you the Pac-12 might cannibalize each other down to one one team. But even even as we hit October, in years past, that number had already been whittled. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 I, and it, I think it's a function of there in in years past. You see, oh my gosh, Bama is awesome. Oh my gosh, Clemson is awesome, or Georgia, or even Ohio State a time or two, where you're just like, whoa, they're good. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case with anybody right now. No, I just don't. Now somebody might start to emerge and really play well. Yeah, I think we're still kind of waiting for that. Like because of all those content, you know, we're still kind of like, okay, who is one that we're going to say, "Oh, wow, they're this is their year." And it might be like in Oklahoma if they can get past Texas and then people are going to look ahead, "Well, good night. Look at the rest of their schedule." Uh-huh. Got it. You have to consider them as a playoff <clears throat> team or I'm just using them as an example. Texas you know, is in the next two weeks. If they win both of those games, it's smooth sailing. Yeah, yeah. With that Bama win tucked in their back pocket as well. 100%. 100%. I, I posed this question to Toby last week, and, and I'm standing firm on it. It's so weird that I want Texas to not only win this week but and OU – I mean, how? When's the last time they've been both been undefeated in the Cotton Bowl? Two thousand and eleven, I think. Been a minute. It's been a while. 
I believe that, it was 2011. That elevates that game so much. And that was the first of the two just absolute beatings that the Sooners put on them. That's right. Forgot about it went that. Back, it was, that one was like, what, 55 to 10 or something? I was there for both of them. <clears throat> That's right. But then on the other side, I whoever wins that game, I want to see a rematch in the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Just for very many reasons. It's interesting that preseason, I would have thought Texas had a way harder Big 12 schedule than Oklahoma. Having to go to Baylor, having to go to TCU. Well, now it's not really looking like that. And Tech. Oh, Tech looks bad now. <laughs> yeah. Instead, you know, UCF looks like the a way tougher game than, say, Tech. You know what I'm saying for yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah. They both play BYU. The difference is OU has to go there. They both play Kansas. The difference is OU has to go there. Now, the Sooners skip out on Kansas State, and they get TCU at home, which Texas has to go there. You know, but it's, it's weird. Uh, just a couple of different results kind of change it just a, just a little. It's not a ton of a change, but it may be fractionally back toward, you know, maybe they have an equal schedule or what have you. What game are you looking forward to the most in the country? This weekend? Yep. Maybe just because of I'm interested in seeing what how this matchup goes down. How does Cal- Colorado bounce back after that blowout loss on the road to Oregon and now they got to turn around and play an electric offensive electric team in USC and then USC if they tackle or try to tackle like they tackled at Arizona State, Colorado's going to give them problems. I'm not suggesting they're going to lose. So that one, I think, I, excited might not be the word for it. It's the most interested I'm, I have for it. I think. And then, and then Texas, Kansas. You know, is Kansas real? Is Kansas real? I think the I'm going to go. Real. Yeah, and running back is too. Devin Neal's good. Is this the, <clears throat> the these three teams? that are undefeated in the Big 12. Does Kansas have the best offense? It's a good question. Statistically, probably they do. No, well, uh, It'd be hard to be better no use just because of those two, well, that, that yeah, first game yeah, beat Yeah, but the eye test will show you right. Kansas looks a little bit flashier, I guess. I think my favorite game is Friday. Cincinnati, BYU? No, Utah at Oregon State. <laughs> Yeah, your Beavers are. I can't drop bounce you. back, bounce back for the Beavers. Everybody loves a good bounce back. LSU, Ole Miss is a good one. Yeah, lost a tick of luster with Ole Miss not being able to get Bama last. And you week. know, Duke might be catching Notre Dame at the right time. After, Notre Dame's got to be disappointed after that disappointment. Should have won that game. They had that game. Should have won that game. And didn't. Nope. You know the game that has a chance to be the biggest beating of the weekend? I'm not even looking at schedule. I can't think of one. Tennessee, South Carolina. Remember what happened that game yeah, last year? Tennessee has some revenge. Hypo will score line. 100 if he can. He will not pull off the dogs. Where's it at? It's at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. If he can. If he can. He may not be able to. Rattler played really good in that game a year ago. He played really good last week. I'll tell you what, he has to be rising up at least a little bit at the draft boards because 
he is taking a beating behind that terrible offensive line, and he just keeps coming back, keeps coming, which I don't think people here thought he had in him when he was a pretty boy out of high school starting for the Sooners. Perfect timing, Jared. I'm glad we pushed the Ryder Cup talk to the end. You got Because now we have tomorrow's first round foursomes matches. Cool. In order. So, leading off, I assume this is in order from top to bottom. Leading off for the U.S. of A, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns. And they will play the most volatile pairing maybe in Ryder Cup history. Johnny Rahm and Tyrrell Hatton. Whoever is in charge of the bleep button, get ready. Your finger's going to get wore out with those two. So it's Scheffler, Burns, Rahm, and Hatton. Then you got Max Homa and Brian Harmon versus the Scandinavian pair of Ludwig Aberg and Victor Hoblin. Fowler and Morikawa against Lowry and Sepp Straka. Xander and Cantlay against Rory and Tommy Ladd, Tommy Fleetwood. Just kind of looking at it. Foursomes have been a, uh, the format that USA has pretty well dominated, which is kind of weird. You'd think it'd be the, the Europeans because they're, they're such good friends, supposedly. That looks like the first and the first and the last are obviously the the flashy matches: Scheffler, Burns, Rom Hatton, Xander, and Cantlay, and against Rory and Tommy Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. The deciders will be there in the middle. I would think Max Home and Brian Harmon would have a hard time beating Ludwig Aberg and Victor Hovland. Fowler Morikawa, Lowry Straka. You'd probably lean that one toward the Americans, eh? Would you? I think so. Just depends. Depends on if the Europeans find that European magic on European soil. Do you know the last time USA has beaten the Europeans on their home soil? Uh, you said this before. I can't remember. It's been a while. 1993. That's a while. 30 years ago. Now, why has that been the case? I don't know. Home court advantage? I don't know. Home field advantage? I don't know. There is that, there, there is that in golf that's different than anything else. Because the course can be set up to favor the team that you have. Hmm. For instance, let's say, and this probably isn't the case because everybody hits it 14 miles now, but but in that 30-year stretch, there were probably times where the, the American style of golf was just pound it and find it and gouge it out from there. You can grow the rough up to your calf. Yeah. Your short hitters can hit it right down the middle of the fairway. And you give yourself that advantage with the course, the home court, the home course setup. I think that has been the case. I think the greens have historically been much slower in these European venues than they are in America. And the European, the Europeans have made, if you go back and watch those Ryder Cups in Europe, any of them that were close, the Euros made putt after putt after putt after putt after putt that they really had to have. And the, and the Americans seem like they cannot ever get one to drop. There's been there's been times in there, though, where the Europeans were just better. Deeper. You know, sure. Yeah. America had Tiger and Phil, but eh, they couldn't play together. So that really wasn't a team. You know, who else was there? 
Whereas right there through that, you know, the early 2000s through 2000, you know, the Europeans, those young guys, the, the, the old guys were still young enough to be good, you know, like your Faldo or your Olafabo, your, your Montgomery. And then all of a sudden you started having Sergio and Poulter and Justin Rose, the, Lee Westwood, all those guys. It was just perfect timing to where the Euros were just better a bunch of those times. Which is what I feel is like I mean, this year. If you just simply ask me who I think has the better team, it's Europe. I think that's yeah, the, but it's not. You don't think so? It's it's a hundred percent not. If you look at if you look at official world golf rankings, okay, all twelve of the Americans are in the top twenty-five. Just you know, just individually, mm-hmm. they're all in the top twenty. The, the average ranking on the American side is 13th in the world. The average ranking on the European side is 29th. That's a big difference. Now, Europe is, it probably should be closer to, say, 25 because Aberg has only been a pro for, like, three months. You know, he's playing in the national tournament for Texas Tech back in June. And now here he is in the Ryder Cup in October, September, October. And so for him to be 80th in the world is pretty astounding considering he just got out there. So that probably pulls him down three or four spots. But out of the top, they're, they've got they got six guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They've got seven in the top 25, whereas all 12 of the Americans are in the top 25. And that, if you ask why can the USA break that streak, I would say the depth of that team, the quality. And then also, a lot of these guys weren't – they haven't been there for the beatings that the Americans have taken in the Ryder Cup. That group of players has kind of passed by. The Phils and the Tigers and you know whoever else in that group, Justin Leonard, whoever you want to talk about, that was really good in the 2000s and early 2010s. These guys weren't there. These guys have known pretty successful Ryder Cup appearances. Especially those, when you think back to to the last time with Cantlay and Xander and others, their first shot at a Ryder Cup, just dominating the way that they did. Morikawa would be on that list. So that would be reasons why I think that the Americans would have a, a better chance. One, they're the deeper team. Two, they've actually had some success in this format against the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. So the next question, who do you think should be favored? Because of where it's at, I feel like Europe should be favored. That's why I said that, because it's just everything I hear. I mean, I'm not as plugged in as you, but everything I hear from these airwaves and national television, it's it's Europe's to lose. And I guess that's because it's where it's being played at for the reasons you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so that, that that home course advantage is is a thing in in golf. There's a lot of familiarity with it and everything. I'm not quite. I'm not. I wasn't questioning mm-hmm. USA's talent. I'm just. It just felt like because of of uh, the collection, the the team, and not the individual, the team of Europe and where they're being played at. I, I just that's why I lean Europe's way. They European's have. Way. They do have like three guys that have won a tournament on this golf course. On the of course, that's strategic. When I guess when you're picking those guys, who's the captain? Um, Luke Donald. Yeah, I, when who are those three? 
probably uh it's guess. nikolai holgard whoever that is uh let's see i heard this yesterday who else has won it's nikolai it is maybe straka and it is robert mcintyre bobby mack and then they had a fourth guy that maybe the last guy out Adrian Moronk had also won. I think he won this year there. It's an interesting golf course. There's like four par four, four par fours that can be drivable. Obviously, we said earlier in the show, Hovland made an ace on one of them, number five. Today, from 305, Threewood made it. I, I the, the Europeans actually became the favorite yesterday in the betting markets. It's been USA the whole time, and that flipped just barely. It's a very, very, very slight favorite to the Euros. I think there's two reasons. One, the Americans just haven't won there. Even though this is different guys, they just haven't. There's that out there. And two, the Europeans historically, they haven't been as deep. So that means they ride their best players into the ground harder, out there every match. Mm -hmm. And those dudes are playing great golf. Because you're going to see – Five times, Rom, Hovland, and Rory. Numbers two, three, and four in the world. And I doubt they play together unless unless the Americans start to, to kind of widen the gap. Then they feel like, if Luke Donald feels like they have to win a point. You know what I mean? Like by putting Rory and Hovland or Rory and Rom or whoever it is together. But if they don't have to... Then you've got three of the top four players in the world on your side in three of the four matches that are out there. Sometimes that can they can just carry. We've seen it. We've seen those guys, the Sergios or the you know Molothabel or Faldo or Montgomery. All those guys have just carried teams before because they play so much. What are you looking forward to the most? I have a really weird one. It's really kind of weird. But it's one thing I love about the Ryder Cup. What about you? What, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. What are you looking forward to? I guess it would be who can have an impact that we're not who we're not talking about, like the young guys that are coming. You mentioned the the Aberg kid. You know, could he have an impact? Could he be beneficial for Europe? You know, you're you're go, we're always going to look at Holland and Rom and and Cantlay and. Cup, I mean, the names go on and on, but who who's a guy who we're not talking about and go, oh, they got one there for him. They got one for team whoever, you know, fill in the blank. And that's that's answer number one. Number two is 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 Ricky. Can Ricky? He's made this rejuvenation in his career. Can he be impactful? I mean, he'd have to be. He's on this team, right? He got picked to be on this team. So kind of kind of a two part answer there. How about you? Yeah, one thing I was really looking forward to was was Justin Thomas hitting the first shot of the Ryder Cup and just sticking it in everybody's face and playing great. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody a lot of people don't think he should be there. Right. And right. I do. <clears throat> but they're not even playing the first session, so that's impossible. You know what I really like about the Ryder Cup that you don't see anywhere else in golf? You know what's missing on a lot of the guys? What's that? Hats. They wear they they go hatless. I guess I never noticed that. Yeah. 
bunch of them go hatless. And here's the reason. They don't have to have a sponsor on their head. Oh, they like to play without they hats. They love to play without hats, but they can't because of the sponsorship huh. money they're getting huh. paid. Oh, watch. You'll see, if you'll notice, there'll be a bunch of guys without hats on. Didn't realize that. I love it. I do like, and I think it's kind of the same in um, in Europe, but when the Ryder Cup almost has, it was live golf before live with the crowd. There's yeah. a little bit more rambunctious and a lot of pride involved. You know, in USA, they're, they're singing the national anthem and they're chanting USA. You know, I don't know if that is probably a little tampered down a little bit with the the proper Europeans, but... Oh, I don't want to hear that crap. They they clap after we miss just like we yell after they miss. I do not want to hear that. They're not, but oh yeah, over there just, that, that, oh, sipping their tea and right. gentlemen's golf clap. <laughs> My foot. They got a few Guinnesses in them. They're good yes. to go. No, I, 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 the, the crowd uh, it'll, it'll is a be little... Per, it'll be Peronis this week, yeah. Jared, in Italy. Peronis. Oh, but the 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 uh, the pride in the in the crowd, it, it ramps it up. It amps it up, right? Yeah. With the crowd participation and they're... So that's always kind of cool. It's pretty wild to hear the story, like those guys when they talk about being on that first tee and that being the most nervous golf shot they ever hit in their entire lives. I mean, and, and you're talking about the best players in the world. That's the ner- most nervous. The most nervous they get is on the first tee at a Ryder Cup. Not the first tee at Augusta. No, not, not the last putt to win the Masters. Not the last putt. The no, first the first tee, tee shot. Of the right at the Ryder Cup is that because you feel a bunch of pressure for, from the represent yeah. your team? You're and, not hitting just for you; you're hitting for right. your team. And if you're and, and, your and if you're and if you're there on the road, you know the way they build that thing up, or it's like it's like Phoenix, but right on top of you. Yeah. So it's just a feeling they don't get, I think, more than anything. But yeah, a bunch of them will tell you that. Okay. Interesting. Who has the most pressure on them, team wise? And then individual. Well, I think for me, clearly, it's USA the most pressure because you just mentioned it. Statistically, they are supposed to be better, but it is at their place, and they're going to have to live up to that. Individually, I think it is Justin Thomas. Yeah. For everything being said about him, he's going to try to prove the doubters wrong. I deserve to be here, but there's a lot of pressure involved with that. Yeah. To me, there's no doubt who has the most pressure on each team. It's Justin Thomas, and it's Rory McIlroy. Yeah, well, Rory. And it's yeah. Rory, Rory, not because of him being the face of the tour and all that, and in some of the comments he's made about Liv, even this week, about how those guys on the the European side of Liv are missing them more than they're missing them, more than the players there are missing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they're starting to realize this is stupid. I love the Ryder Cup, but I can't be there. All right, who wins? Europe, I think it's Europe because they're at home. I can't about face of what I said earlier. Not because I think they're the – I just think they get it done at where they're doing it at. I'll say Europe. I hope it doesn't end in a tie. The retaining the cup is stupid because I hate that. That's the only bad part of this is that if it ties, the U.S. wins. Mm-hmm. Or, or retains the cup. I think U.S. wins. I think they get it done for the first time in 30 years. I think they're just the better team. I think it's going to be really close. But I think they get it done. And, and it's because the depth first, I mean, 
I think Europe's top guys are absolutely playing better. But I think that the depth of the U.S. team shines through, and they figure out a way to win. Very, very, very close. I think it's going to be very tight. Going to be a lot of fun theater on Sunday. Yeah, it is. All right, that was a fun show. I guess now yeah. we got. I guess we got. Now we got to go to that meeting. Maybe it's just we just sign it and walk away. We're, we're fine. Tomorrow, a lot of football. A lot of football. High school football, college football, maybe even some pro football. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.